The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games to play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the PS5 and RTX 3080 graphic cards of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is always for sale. That, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> Josh, how are you doing this evening? I am always for sale. That is correct. It's probably not a good thing. <laughs> well, I think it would depend on the price and what the reason you were for sale for, right? Oh, yeah. Low price, and I'll do anything. <laughs> wow. Okay. Low price and for anything. Good to know. Good to know. I'm affordable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in this time of uncertainty, you're really just helping people maximize their dollar. <laughs> yes. with <laughs> Yeah. With zero disregard for my own well-being. <laughs> <laughs> How are things going, man? Oh, you know, <laughs> things are okay. It's been, uh, I don't know. It was a, it was an interesting week. Mm-hmm. Lots of downs, a couple ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but we came, we came out again, once again, breathing, alive. We're here. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. It has been. I think I've maybe hit Josh my my limit slash my threshold as far as. I don't want to say as far as caring, but really being <laughs> invested in things in the video game space. Like I yeah. right now with everything else going on in the world, I really need my games to be escapism. And I, I know that part. Sometimes I feel a little guilty about saying that because being able to like kind of stick my head in the sand and play video games is a, is a significant privilege that not everyone has the opportunity to do that. Not everyone can just kind of shut off everything else happening in their life. But with all of the rigmarole surrounding games, especially the last couple of weeks, it has gotten (laughs) exhausting to a point where I don't even want to engage in it. I have I have called my Twitter like who I follow on Twitter pretty significantly. I have like muted most other social medias that I participate (laughs) in that have anything to do with gaming Uh, just because I I guess to me, uh, there are more important things right now for me to put my energies towards. Yeah. You know, and gaming always used to be this really super fun thing and it was this thing that i enjoyed like having conversations with people about and you know i love obviously having you know doing the podcast with you and having these conversations with you and all this good stuff but man dude social media right now is rough yeah i hear you i mean that definitely contributed to my bad week um um and it was definitely noticeable that you were not around on discord (laughs) um which had me a little worried, but I I 100% get why. In fact, um, I was a victim of maybe over, uh, or I don't know the right word. I was a victim of overreacting to certain situations, or just mm-hmm. maybe kind of letting um, the frustrations get the better of me. Um, I still think they're uh, fair frustrations, but. Uh, I think 
it's like exacerbated by everyone else feeling the same way or people feeling the exact opposite way, which puts both sides immediately defensive against each other. Um, So, yeah, it was definitely uh, a rough week. And really, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll end up talking about it later, but it's just really interesting how how something um uh like like what happened can really just just literally set things on fire <laughs> yeah no it, i know right um and so and here's the big thing like i want to have conversations about these things but i feel like and this is i i promise this is not like directed at an individual person this is just like the general feeling i have that everyone is so emotionally caught up in everything that is happening and i guess i get that to a degree right like 2020 has been a a dumb year yeah nothing has really gone super great this year every time we turn on the news something is worse uh, and something is less good so having the thing that you care about that is kind of your hobby and your escape having things for there go not well or feeling like you know the company you support isn't being um given a fair shake like i totally understand why that'd be frustrating to people and i'm excited to have like a conversation with you tonight about yeah. these things <laughs> but i don't want to have a conversation with the entire internet about these things you know what i'm saying yeah because it's crazy toxic um like you go on twitter and you just all you have to do is read the first three comments of any post yep and they're overwhelmingly negative um or someone says something positive and then they're destroyed for saying it. Yeah. It is interesting because I think recently we talked about in the discord, we talked about um, why people might react so Mm -hmm. strongly and how like you like, we'll use us, the two of us for an example, right? Yeah. Uh, You're a, you're a big PlayStation fan. I, Mm -hmm. I, I would say I'm still a big Xbox fan, but not as much as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like into the overwhelming category, but when you something that was talked about in the Discord is like when you're so passionate about something you love, and then someone decides to attack what you love, regardless of like if you have an investment in it personally or financially or whatever, your like instinct is to go on the defensive or or yeah. be offended, and and that's really kind of. Yeah, I don't want to spoil because we'll definitely talk about what, what what happened, but like definitely that that happened this week around two things happened, right? One, it happened mm-hmm. to people who were very passionate about a specific company. Yep. And two, it happened to people who were not fans of the company that so so it was like yeah. doubling down on the people who love this company. It was like not only to, are now they upset, but also they're like rival the yankees to their red sox was now like see we told you your company is terrible right and like it just was this kind of like back and forth of like everyone's frustrated and maybe it's everyone's taking their frustrations with their life and the and the regular world and what's going on and really just mushing it all into one like centered topic and I do genuinely feel that has a lot to do with it. And like I said, that's why I kind of purposely remove myself from the conversations. Not that it's not appropriate to criticize or to do any of those things. Like, that is totally fine. But when I think of the other things that I'm, like, reading about and keeping up with and passionate about and all that good stuff, 
those are so much more important than video games are right now yeah. that I, I don't <laughs> want to get and I I, I don't want to get caught up in the analysis necessarily in the criticism of all the stuff that went on during the week because I like talking about it with you here tonight yeah. and then sharing it with our you know listeners and having them hopefully interact with us on Twitter and all those things in a way that I think has been pretty productive and pretty positive way to look at it and not positive in the sense of giving like you know showering everyone with praise but positive in the sense of it's been a respectful not overreactive not you know uh, trying to come up with the coolest meme or the coolest whatever yeah um and i and i like that it just my head is in so many other places right now that really focusing on who's doing a better job of marketing their new console is just yeah. like the least of my concerns currently so yeah i mean i fell victim to it i said something that ended up being taken the wrong way by someone and it was not my intention, but like that stuff kind of happens when right. people are getting passionate about something. So yeah. like, I really think if you use it as a teachable moment, right. It's, it's really something where um, I do this with my son, right. When he gets upset and I get upset, it's that whole take a deep breath. And then when you can see that that deep breath didn't help, take another mm-hmm. deep breath. <laughs> right. Um, it's like that, the equivalent of like taking a step back. Like if we can learn anything from whether it's our discord or the Twitter or Twitter or any social media in general, like when you feel the way you feel like people felt this week, take a step back, take a deep breath and think about it. And then like, then mount your offensive or defensive, but like, <laughs> Take a deep breath and think about, like, are you going to hurt someone with something you say? Are you going to offend someone with something you say? Mm-hmm. And then is it worth it? Like, sometimes yeah. maybe it's worth it to you. Like, politically speaking, sure. I can definitely see right. points where people have to, like, say something that could offend people because you have to say what you think. Yeah. But did I have to call out such and such because I didn't agree with what was going on? Maybe, maybe not. Like, I could have probably sat on that one. Well, my big thing, this is a, someone told me this one time when I was having a conversation with them and I was like, ah, that was a big, that was a burn. Uh, but then I kind of co-opted it because I think it's funny. But basically when some, sometime, one time I was having a conversation with someone and they're like, yeah, the link to this conversation is greatly outweighed my interest in it. And I was like, okay, like, there we go. You know? Well, that was easy. Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're done. And I think that's kind of just where I got to that. The concerns and things that people were having, like, yeah, totally valid concerns. Is We're just talking about this for way longer than I, I care to. I'm going to use like, that. That's great. The length of yeah. this conversation has gone on longer than I care for the conversation. What was it? For yeah, the-, the length of this conversation has uh, gone on longer than my interest. Okay. Yeah. I'm going like, to have to you remember know, that. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I can so, use that at work a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, anyway, and like I said, so I'm probably actually for a while still, I'm going to probably be quite a bit less on social media and just in the Discord and all those things. I just, there's other things going on in the world, you know, uh, and in particular things that like happened in my home state this weekend and stuff that just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I really like for right now, like games really are the thing that I'm falling back on to like, like and enjoy. And like I said, that doesn't mean you can't be critical of things that people are doing we will be critical on things that some companies did this week for sure yeah uh but i i can't talk about that all week is, is more of what my i'm saying you know you know yeah so yeah anyway anything else going on josh oh what a question um <laughs> uh it's fall officially it's fall yeah. here um weather wise at least uh, i know it's not actually fall yet 
we got what one more day until fall. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it's fall. I think. I did have. I did make soup for dinner, so you know that's fall. Yeah, it's been forty degrees at night. Our high has been sixty. Uh, it's mm-hmm. cold. Um, people are talking to turn the heat on. I'm like, no, <laughs> just get some extra blankets out. That's uh, right. This is supposed to be the nice time of of the year, right? So. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything exciting went on, but like I'm looking forward to apple picking and I'm looking like taking my son to his like first, I think real time he'll remember doing it, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't eat apples. <laughs> so that'll be fun. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the nice weather and I say nice because like weather, you can dress however you want and be comfortable and, yeah. and not be sweating to death. So yeah, we took the pool down today. So you know, that's a bummer, but it is what it is. <laughs> but that means fall is here. Yeah, it's interesting because four of the next six days is supposed to be in the 80s here again. Oh, boy. I hope that doesn't come back I know, but then after way. that, then we're supposed to get a storm, and then it's supposed to be in the 60s for the high Okay, again. yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, um, it is nice. I do really love this weather. It just, you know, you get up in the morning, I get up in the morning and let the dogs out, and it's nice and crisp out. And I just love that. It's so, so good. Yeah, we're going to do the zoo next week. Uh, we're going to take a trip down, a day trip down to Cape Cod for our anniversary for a day. I don't know if things are going to be open, but like that's the world <laughs> we live in now. Um, right. So yeah, it's nice. It's time to do outside fall activities. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to jump into the show then here. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff also over on the Instagram Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen, and maybe share what we do with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, what is your first topic this week? Well, before I get into my topic, I did want to quickly mention um, I did start playing Hades. Oh, that game that, you know, I had on one of my favorite games of the year list that you said I couldn't, that you're now playing. Well, yeah, because you couldn't when you did it. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. you're playing the game yeah. this year, so uh-huh. it seems like it was okay that was on my list. I'm actually playing Hades a lot as well. I've actually played my Switch more in the last week than i have any other console nice yeah i'm playing on my switch as well i do i do like that it has cross save it almost makes me want to buy it on pc as well um and then i played well we attempted to play gloomhaven on pc uh it is very important that you have a pc that can run gloomhaven joe i'm <coughs> sorry uh yo uh is it beefy it's not the requirements? really beefy but you have to have okay. a computer that isn't 100 years old uh a hundred-year-old computer? That would be... I think that should belong in a museum of some sort. I just computer time. Oh, gotcha. So, like, last week? About four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, we were able to do a road event. Uh, that that being said, co-op is now live on Gloomhaven on PC on Steam. So, if anyone wants to play Gloomhaven with me and you want to buy it, it's on sale, I think, for 17 bucks. Um, uh, I have it, and I'm willing to play with friends because... I don't know when our Gloomhaven group is getting back together, but I definitely feel that itch to play it, and they have patched it quite a bit. So, And also, Wingspan is out. I haven't purchased it yet, but 
You can also buy Wingspan on Steam for 17 bucks. I'll have to check if my computer counts as being 100 years old or not, if I can run <laughs> Gloomhaven. Hey, I would love I don't to play Gloomhaven with you. Because <laughs> I'll say, okay, because I've played Hades on my computer. So do you think if I can yes. play Hades that I can play Gloomhaven? If you can play Hades, you can play Gloomhaven. Okay, cool. I don't know if um, my friend can play. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know. Age of Vampires on this computer. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, okay, so first real topic. Um, well, so we, we, we kind of talked about what's been going on uh, over the week. We do now know Microsoft's uh, Microsoft announced date and time for the Series S. I put A for some reason. <laughs> And X uh, pre-orders. Now, we know on September 22nd, which is today, if you're listening, consoles are going live for pre-order at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and 10 a.m. Kyle's time. Uh, It is worth noting that you can pre-order from Amazon, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, Costco, Sam's Club, GameStop, Newegg, and the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. That's pretty nice. In the United States. Um, However, that is if you just want the flat-out Series X or Series S. If you do want to do the Xbox All Access plan, it is not available at every retailer. Um, it is available at the Microsoft Store, um, Best Buy, and GameStop, I believe. I believe are those are the three. Um, Walmart may potentially be the other one, but it is not. Amazon is not included. Target's not included. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like that is something that I am preferring to do at least at launch, um, just because I potentially have a PlayStation Five now, and I don't have enough money to buy both of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, question to you, and and honestly, we don't even really have to reference the PlayStation uh, at all. I'm just curious, kind of, how do you think, how do you think this pre-order launch is going to go? Maybe just on its own, being available, like I'll I'll tell you, for, like for me, being available at so many retailers, mm-hmm. um, including like Costco and Sam's Club, seems kind of unprecedented, like how many people are doing pre-orders. Target didn't right. do pre-orders in the last console generation. I don't even think uh, Walmart did. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, so it, it's interesting that so many people will be offering it. Um, I'm really just curious, uh, how do you think people are going to be handling online orders versus people waiting in line? Uh, and having worked for Best Buy before, it's real. Like it's a real crapshoot, honestly. Right. Uh, they don't really. They didn't really in the past have solid plans. You were ever only ever al- given an an allocation for your mm-hmm. store. So yep. like at Best Buy in general, they should be given a um, Best Buy dot com number for consoles that they have available because they will like split those between the stores. Right. Um, but you're also now having to deal with people picking specific stores for pickup yeah. versus having it shipped to their own house. Right. Um, so I think this happened with, we talked about this a long time ago and I can't remember what game it was, but there was a game that they had issues with, with the pre-orders. Oh man, I really wish I remembered what it was because it just came to me now. 
that that Best Buy really screwed up because they had confusion between in-store pickup and online orders. Right. And now I can't remember what it was. So I'm that's okay. I'm sure that obviously Well, I shouldn't say that. It seems to me though that if you're ordering online, that should be a separate thing. Even if it gets delivered to the store for you to pick up, like that's just the delivery address. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So like the st- a store might have, you know, an allocation of X number. I have no idea what that number might be. 35, 40. That seems high and actually that, if you compare it to like yeah. the PlayStation numbers. So, and again, I'm totally guessing. I have no idea. But, you know, if they have, so say that the store has 30, well, you know, maybe 50 people order it online with store pickup at that store. So then that store on, you know, would get 80 consoles because they'd have the 30 that pre-ordered in store plus the 50 ordered for pickup at that store. But maybe it doesn't work that way for a really good reason, but it seems like it shouldn't be that complicated, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. Um, To clarify for Xbox All Access... Uh, Best Buy, GameStop, Microsoft Store, and Walmart are th- are the stores you can do the mm-hmm. all access. Um, to it is should be noted, and I don't know that we talked about this before. Um, Xbox All Access requires you to pass a credit check, um, and Correct. according to um, Kevin uh, from PSVG Prime, um, that credit score needs to be six eighty or higher. So that might save you time on deciding right. if you want to try going for Xbox All Access. Um, and to give you some information, uh, if you want to do Xbox Series S, that's 24 bucks a month for two years. And that includes two years of Game Pass Ultimate, which gives you mm-hmm. um, also cloud gaming. And then it's $34.99 for Series X. I think you only end up saving about... 10, 10 bucks a month, I think, overall, which is pretty good, actually. It's like 120 bucks, right? No, 240 bucks. That can't be right. Maybe it's 10 bucks total. <laughs> yeah, you save money, but it's not a lot. So it's definitely not 10 bucks a month. You save, you probably save 10 bucks over the two years if you want to do that um, as an option. 0% financing. It is still like getting a credit card, um, right. but you're not paying. Uh, and then I, I believe they do give you a, tr- a chance after a certain amount of time to pay off um, the rest of your um, investment in that. So you can also pay that off at some point if you decide you want to trade it in or uh, or like a special edition Halo console comes out or something. So what do we think? Smooth sailing. No one gets consoles. Scalpers get all the consoles. How do you think this is going to go? So here's my one concern with this. I think overall it's probably going to go better than the PlayStation 5 one did. And I know we're not going to talk about that one until later. <laughs> but my main concern with this, and maybe it's I, I'm wrong, is they've really talked about how, you know, co- number of consoles available will be limited. My assumption would be that we'll get another wave of consoles or two bef- that can be pre-ordered prior to actual launch. Yeah. Because I know, like Sony said, they will have more available soon that can be pre-ordered. But... <laughs> My worry, and this is the part of me that doesn't understand how technology works. If I'm a scalper or if I'm using bots, isn't it way easier when I know exactly when it's going on sale? 100% easier, yes. So, and that, and that's my main concern. And that isn't their fault. I think it still makes it more, you know, having a set time, I think is still better overall. That's just my main concern is that, you know, even with all of the securities in place, I, I do wonder you know, how prevalent 
um, that's going to be. I still think they're going to be hard to get. Yeah. Uh, but I think that would have been either way. Uh, but maybe they'll be pleasantly surprised. And maybe they'll be, you know, a lot more available than we think there's going to be. Um, you know, I, I don't know. When the Xbox One came out, I have no idea what pre-order was like because I didn't pre-order. I didn't get one. <laughs> I waited so I don't know how easy one. it was. Okay, I don't know how easy it was to get one at launch. I'm assuming pretty easy. It wasn't. Or no. I, excuse it, me. I, I'm assuming pretty challenging at launch because it. Yeah. Usually everything at launch is hard for yeah. for consoles. <clears throat> PS4 but, and Xbox One were sold out for about three months after release. Okay. Uh, okay. With with the exception of, um. Uh, retailers had to hold i i i think it was five um at least for best buy during like for one of the christmas ads and for black friday yeah so they had to hold like a certain amount Um, (laughs) five yeah that's such an insultingly low number (laughs) they put it yeah they put it like an ad it's like minimum of five per store Right. Um, but really, it's maximum. They really should say maximum. Right. They just say there will only be five Because <laughs> it's only five. Um, but typically, they make retailers hold that from their initial allotment, too. So, Right. Potentially, your Best Buy might get 30 of these and have to hold 10. I mean, Oof. not for pre-orders, but like when, once they get... So, they say there'll be another shipment after November 10th, which is the release right. date. So, yep. that's probably the Black Friday shipment. Okay. Which so, will create more demand. <laughs> right. So theoretically, they will be able to sell all their initial allotment. Yes. The, theoretically. Yeah, you won't be able to pre-order. I don't... I, uh, you know what? We're going to talk about some of you later. You might be able to pre-order again. Um, but at least... I, I agree with you. I expect it to sell out, like, almost immediately. Yeah. I think it'll be it'll, it'll be tough to get one. But, you know, they, they have pointed out that, you know, there's... Not a whole lot that you're going to need either of these consoles to play right. this holiday season. <laughs> so if you don't get one right away, probably not the end of the world. No, but I mean, we're going to want to play Cyberpunk in the on the best console to play it, right? Like, well, right. Not, I mean, not necessarily Xbox One, Series X, or PlayStation 5, but like we one of the two, right? We You want to play that game for the load times alone on one of the next-gen consoles. Probably, right? yeah. I think that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. Yeah, like I know so. that it's not an exclusive for the consoles, but really, it, it should be viewed that way. <laughs> like, just just if you look at the video they released of the Series X load times for Outer Worlds, right? Like, can you imagine the load time differences for Cyberpunk or even Assassin's Creed? Like. You might as well be playing in the Stone Age at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'll be interested. I know I have made the determination at least, excuse me, that I don't think I'm going to try to pre-order an Xbox at this point. Yeah. I think this is something where I will next year probably look at upgrading my Xbox. And and a lot of that might be a how much I can get for my Xbox One at that point. Right. You know, so my One X, we'll see where that's going to be at. I know that prices for that were going pretty well as of recently. I don't know if they're still going well for the price for those, but, you know, and you sell your, if you sell your X second week of December when no one can find consoles, you'll get 400 bucks for it. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. I might wait until then because I don't, yeah, I was planning on, you know, after January rolled around and things got started and kind of the year got into full swing, then I was probably going to start poking around to see yeah. what I could see. Because I figured by February, March, I would assume we'll have more regular 
availability and stuff. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I hope it goes well. I hope that everything goes great, that everyone's able to, who wants a console is able to get one. I don't anticipate that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I hope it does. You but know, you I can't hope make everyone happy. People will be right. disappointed. So, and like I said, I hope scalpers are kept to a minimum because that stinks. You know, when you see, <laughs> when you see the people tweets, with, I got my six PlayStation five today. Yeah. <laughs> I have, you know, or confirmed great. PlayStation fives on eBay and 3080s <laughs> on eBay. Oh my goodness. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, they're they're the winners, I guess. So yeah, like I said, I hope it goes well. <laughs> I hope that everything goes pretty smoothly and everyone's able to get the Xbox of their their preference this holiday season. Meaning yeah. they're able to pre order it. So I know, right? <laughs> you don't even get it yet. You just get to pre order it. <laughs> That's right. Well, it, I mean, hey, we're not that far away though. Can you think of a time when, when pre orders are this bad? I can't think of a time where it was this chaotic. Like it's almost politically divided. It's not just a console anymore. Like, it's pre-order. Like, you can go wait in line at midnight. We used to do that. That was a thing. We did used to do that. We did used like, to do that. It's true. I just can't think of a time where it's been so, like, black and white on the pre-orders. Like, this is just seems like a new beast to me. Well, and I think, you know, this is one of the dangers of technology, right? Yeah. Before, you had, there tended to have to be a little more effort. You had to, like, go somewhere to do a thing, right? Yeah, When I that's ordered true. my PS4, I drove to Best Buy, yeah. <laughs> and I asked, and I walked around, and I found a person, and I was like, how do I order a PS4? And they said, it's a really good question. Let's go find out. <laughs> it was someone who worked at video games. And I was like, oh, perfect. So, and then I picked it up, like, a week late, because I was out of town when it launched, so... <laughs> And then I had to verify that they would hold it for that long. And they said they would. And they did. So I was very happy about that. But I was a That's little good. worried that that Usually might not they be don't. true. <laughs> yeah. And I think they said only because I called is uh, why they there did. there you go. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. Anything else about launch? So are you going to try to get one of these if you can get the Xbox All Access? Or what is it, what do you think you're going to do? Yeah. My goal is I tentatively have a PS5 digital uh, mm-hmm. pre-ordered uh, unless they flag me as an uh, abuser <laughs> uh, which <laughs> might happen um, and then I'm I'm shooting for a Series X if I can do um, all access because I already use Game Pass Ultimate anyways right. so it's it, you know it's a great benefit for me and it makes it easier for me right now to, to, mm-hmm. to get it and you know if I can't get it I'm in the same boat as you like if I can't get the pre-order, it's not the end of the world. I still have my right. Project Scorpio, which I can sell for like 600 bucks if I get the right bidder. Woo! Uh, so I can just hold on to that. But uh, actually, when I saw that you... Spoilers for later. When I saw that you got your PS5 pre-order, um, that was more important to me because the limited time I do play games with people, it is with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do obviously have game share, so... Yeah. Um, it's more beneficial, I think, to both of us if we both have a PS5 because we're both benefiting from the games we get. That's true. Uh, That's very true. And, you know, I can wait on the, I can wait on the Series X. In fact, more, <laughs> more recently, I've been playing my PlayStation way more than my Xbox. Anyways, yeah. But my Xbox I, is still uh, my entertainment device. Right. I felt a little bad because when I scrolled it. into GameStop. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll tell the story later. But uh, the, the GameStop person was like, "Yeah, what games do you want to get?" I was like, "I'm good." And they kind of looked at me. I'm like, I'm good. They're like, you buy everything digital, don't you? I'm like, maybe. Yeah, everyone <laughs> So anyway, awesome. Anything else about pre-orders for Xbox? I hope it goes well. I hope that it's a relatively relaxed day. Yeah. Uh, but 
I don't anticipate that being the case. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to everyone. I hope you all get the, the Xbox of your dreams if you're trying to get one. So, all right, Josh, my first topic this week is this coming back by popular demand. We're going to be as answering some of the board game subreddit's most burning questions. Hooray. And while there's no question as good as the first that was in the first one, <laughs> and uh, listeners, you can't see this and you'll never be able to see this, but I see Josh's poor cat with this cone walking around. It makes my heart a little sad. Yeah, that's a mess. She can't eat with it on. She's just, she's, she, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> so. She can't even pee and poop right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Josh, first question from user Pazviliana. That's what I'm going to say it is. is Pazviliana. What physical aspects of games, again, board games, mm. what physical aspects of games do you care the most about? Oh. So okay. their examples that they talked about in their post, which was a really nice post. You should go read it if you'd like to. Um, they talked about how the paper of the rule book in Wingspan, <laughs> yeah. they're a big fan of. And then also the organizer in Cthulhu Death May Die. Okay. So those were their big things that they really looked at and, and were thought were, thought were awesome. For you, any physical aspects of board games, it doesn't have to be a specific game, yeah. unless you have an example, but just something that you really appreciate or look for as you know those physical components go. Well, if you you can't you can't hold a wingspan rule book to be like a common in games. It's it's right. kind of above and beyond. Um, but I agree with their thing. For me, I don't know, I think it's kind of evolved over the years. Um, an insert is something that I find is severely lacking in most games, and you it notice is. that from the few games that you have that do have them because it's it just feels better, mm-hmm. and you know and you know how to and people who put how to put the game back in the box either on the side of the box or in the rule book they get a gold yes. star they get an a plus absolutely because uh, that is important too but like villainous doesn't come with an insert pain right awful I can't believe that a game like that wouldn't come with one but also it's yeah. a thirty dollar game so I can right <laughs> um, uh, I you know I don't really care about player pieces. Too much mm-hmm. until you run in, into like cardboard standy ones. Then that's really where it becomes like a glaring omission. But I think for me, the most, the thing I noticed the most, if it's even more than inserts, is it has to be a good game board. And those game mm. boards that you feel like you're going to snap just by opening, right. those are not good game boards. You need yeah. a nice, sturdy, a game board that doesn't always have folds in the middle of it when you mm-hmm. when you play. Um, and I know that, that that has to be difficult to do because so many games always have that. But there are right. there are a few games that that do come out where everything just feels right with the game board and something that doesn't feel like it's flimsy, something sturdy, you know, things like that. Uh, that's what I mean. Game board is probably the number one for me. Yeah, that's a good answer. I think game board is definitely super important. But mine actually even more than a good game board is if the game has them, I really appreciate a really high quality player board. Just especially if they have the little cutouts for where all of your pieces go so that they don't go sliding all over the place. Big fan of a high quality, um, thick, chunky player board. And for me, I think the most important thing I always look at 
uh, is the quality of the cards. I like a really high quality card. Yeah. Linen finish isn't necessarily required, just as long as the card is like sturdy and chunky, and it, you know it's gonna stand up to shuffling. Because when I started gaming, I was under the delusion that I was going to sleeve all of my cards. That went away very quickly because darn it, that would be very expensive to do, and yeah. size card sizes are all over the place, and all of that good stuff. But you know, cards are gonna get shuffled and. Some people, when you have fr- people over, they're going to riffle shuffle because they just don't care. And they don't care how much they've been the cards when they do it. If that, someone you know, riffle shuffles my cards, I want to kick them out of my house. <laughs> right. I understand that. But we also try to be good hosts. and we do, So we don't do those things. So, yeah, I, I, just quality cards that I know can be used and played uh, are really kind of the big thing for me. That, that good player board and those really awesome cards. All right, Josh. Next question. Uh, it comes from D-Man8351, and their question is very simple. What's your worst spill story with hosting a game night? Um, his, they talks about, um, they pulled out Catan, and before the first die was rolled, his brother knocked over um, his pint glass of some heavy stout uh, into the center of the board. <laughs> so that is the worst spill story that they shared. Um, yeah. Josh, bad spill story. Yeah, um, I'm pretty usually I'm I'm very careful about mm-hmm. drinks around board games, uh, because things like that worry me. Uh, I know I can't remember the game. I know a friend has done it to me in the past, where they have accidentally ruined a game. I just don't remember what it was. For me, um, and one of our our listeners is is the victim of this story. Uh, we were playing um, uh, Cyanide and Happiness is um, um, Joking Hazard, mm-hmm. and it was like just opened out of the shrink at my house, and I accidentally like spilled a beer over like all the cards on the table. I felt so bad. I bought him a new copy, and just I took the spilled copy because it was just gotcha. opened, um, and gave and gave him the new copy. Um, because I felt terrible. Like, that's something that you can't not feel terrible about. Um, especially with the price of board games now. At least it was not, like, a crazy expensive game. Mm-hmm. But I can, like, if I had dumped, like, a beer in, in my Gloomhaven box, I would just die. <laughs> right. It would just that be, would be the very end of sad. It. <laughs> yeah. I have been fortunate. I don't know that I have ever or ever been at a game night where someone spilled on Good. the game board. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. Which I'm going to do for our listeners. There's gonna be there's gaming etiquette, right? You you should set some type of rule, like uh, eating Doritos. No, don't do that when you're right. playing games. But um, trying to keep your drinks like that uh, away yeah. from your table as much as you can is usually a good go to. Just so you avoid that. Like we've definitely spilled plenty of drinks, but. Usually it's away from the game board. Right. I this is gonna sound really dumb when I'm maybe it won't, but I'm <laughs> if I ever have a beverage, if I have like a table behind me that I can reach, I will always place it there first. Yeah. Uh and just depending on what where I'm playing in my house, that sometimes is a possibility. But if I don't have that, I always set my drink in a way that <laughs> if I go to grab it and if I naturally would like hit it. It would like fall off the table. <laughs> that doesn't sound dumb. It just think, sounds crazy. <laughs> I actually think about that as I'm like putting my drink somewhere. I'm like, okay, from here, if I go to grab this, if I hit it, yeah, 
it should in theory just fall off the table, which is kind of dumb because then it would fall into my carpet if I'm in my basement. Right. Which can be cleaned, I guess, but Easier, way yeah. more expensive to replace, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's actually what I think about is I set my drinks in a way that they would fall off the table, which, yeah. So, okay. Nice. Solo mode. Yeah. This comes from Cavern Wire Games, and they just want to know, solo mode, you know, we see that talked about in a lot of games, Kickstarters, things like that will be like, oh, and there's a solo mode. All of Stonemaier games come with a solo yeah. mode. Their question was make or break. That's not going to be my question about this. Solo mode. Josh, have you ever played a game that came with a quote unquote extra solo mode that you actually played? Only one. What's the one? Role player. And how was it? It was great. I played it a couple times solo. However, I was done with it after because I just wanted to get the game played, right? Uh, Right. It was a game I was looking forward to. It was not something my wife was going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I guess my options are don't play it at all or try a solo. And that's, you know, that's what I did. Um, I enjoyed it, but really, and we've talked about this before, like board games for me is social 90%, right. 70%. Right. Um, like playing a board game by myself is fine, but it's not enjoyable. <laughs> right. Um, right. Because like, I don't know. It, it's just the ask, the, the whole thing about talking to people about how you feel about the game, Mm -hmm. watching other people play and learning from them, Um, the competitive aspects of like having a, having a fun, like time, like screwing over your friends, like as long as it's like in the fun way. Right. Um, Like even telling, calling your shot, so to speak, like I'm going to take that before you go, like things like that. Mm -hmm. Those things are all fun to me. And that's the part that is most important to me. So I love that solo mode is added to so many games for players who don't even have that option. Mm -hmm. And certainly during the pandemic, I'm sure from February to June, it was great for people. Uh, Right. But for me, it's, it's, it's a nice addition, but it's, it's not something that I actively search for in a game. I agree. I, I think the only game that has a solo mode that I've played is that Elizabeth Hargrave game from button shy oh uh, tessie mussy yes that is i think is the only one that i've actually played and i liked it it was fine i just yeah like you you know when i'm playing board games i'm typically choosing to play them with other people so if i'm gonna play something by myself i'm typically gonna play a video game yeah like hades which you should all play because it's really really good (laughs) all right josh just a couple more what does crunchy mean when describing a board game mechanics (laughs) this is from lem lem uh well crunchy what does that mean to you something you can make a meal out of something that (laughs) is uh thick with two c's something that takes up hours of your time uh Mm -hmm. something with more choices than you're prepared for Mm -hmm. um a euro probably would be the best generalized example um for me that's what I think of something crunchy, something that you, it's something that you take a bite out of and you're not finished. Something that is long and complicated, um, and complex. That's what yeah. I would think of in my head, at least. I agree. I think it comes. I have no idea if this is true. I, I think it comes from number crunching. 
But yeah, I mean, that would make sense, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it comes from that. So if you just think of something that is mentally taxing, you have to a lot of processing that needs to happen, uh, something that you are not going to necessarily quickly arrive at an answer to. Um, that, But theoretically, there is a right answer. Oh, what is it? I don't know, but I'm oh. just saying, I, I, you know, when if a game is crunchy, I often think about that idea of like, okay, you're really going to have to process and think through like what your actions is because you are seemingly trying to find the quote unquote right one, right? Like you're trying to find the right move to make or the right decision to make. So it seems like there is always a right one. Um, so you're putting yourself through that thought process to try to arrive at what is considered to be the, the quote unquote right decision. All right. I got a definition specifically for, for games. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, using or describing a game system based on detailed simulations or narratives that requires a significant amount of rules, data, and procedures, especially in role-playing games. That was number one. Two, containing a minimal amount of thematic or flavor elements that have no impact on gameplay. Interesting. So they're basically saying that a crunchy game is a game without theme, <laughs> essentially? Chris Talbot, who... Uh, I don't know if he's important, but he's important enough to quote. It says, quote, To me, crunchy means a lot of rules for a variety of things, uh, more than I can keep in my head at any given time. Awesome. So I think we kind of yeah. both nailed it. Yeah, for sure. All right, final question, then we'll move on to your second topic. This comes from somebody who I don't know if I can say their name, so I'm not going to, uh, but you can easily find Lord it if Voldemort? you go to the <laughs> no, but if you, <laughs> he who must not be named. Um, but if you go to the board game subreddit, you will be able to find this uh, topic because it was it had a, a lot of responses to it. But I thought it was an interesting question. It says, "quote If you can't lose the game on turn one, what is the point of having a turn one?" End quote. <laughs> this is the game design philosophy of tiny Dutch publisher Splatterspellen, who have made like Food Chain Magnet and Antiquity and things like that. Sure. Um, their philosopher, the philosophy here is that if you can't effectively, not literally, lose the game on turn one, then your decisions then and maybe afterwards didn't matter. So, yeah, confounding variables like randomness and catch-up mechanics aside, do you think this to be true? Do you like it? Do you like it as a game design principle? So thoughts: If you can't lose the game on turn one, what is the point of having a turn one? I don't mean to come across as like so definitive in my answer because mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds like it's it's it can be a complicated question. But turn one is tutorial for every game you've ever played. It mm -hmm. teaches you how to play the game, but not only does it do more than what the rule book can do, it teaches you how to play the game while every other player is being critical of your turn. So everyone learns how to play the game. So you play and I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Okay. Let's check the rule book. Right. Okay. Yep. You're right. I wasn't supposed to. Okay. Player two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that that works that way. Okay. Let me check. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like, or no, I'm right. It says it right here in the rule book. Like turn one in every game you've ever played is tutorial. And sometimes turns three, four, and five are also tutorial depending on the game you're playing. Um. Yeah, I think it's important. Can you imagine playing a game where you can win or lose the game in turn one? Sounds awful. Well, <laughs> so, now, important to keep in mind, obviously, that Food Chain Magnet 
and antiquity super super heavy games right extremely heavy complex you could even say crunchy games yeah now i do think the best answer though that someone else posted um the user's name is hemisimager <laughs> i that is honestly my attempt at um pronouncing it but their response was okay but if you can't come back after turn one, what's the point of having any turn after turn one? I don't know that I've ever heard of a game where you can't come back from it after turn one. Well, right. And that's basically what they're saying is that, you know, okay, like if you if your decisions don't matter, like if your decisions, if you could win or lose the game ostensibly on turn one, he's basically saying, well, or they're basically saying, I shouldn't assume gender or sexual or sexuality there. Um they're basically saying, okay, right, but if, you know, your first turn decision could effectively win or lose you the game, you know, if I can't make up that difference in future turns, what's the point of playing any game past the first turn, right? Like, if turn one can help you determine whether or not you win or lose, well, sh- let's just stop at turn one then. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, that to me is a really, really great counter argument. Because at first I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you really want to make sure that, you know, those turn one decisions are important and meaningful but the more you play a game the easier it is to make those meaningful because the first time you have no idea what you're doing kind of like you said yeah tutorial really so i think it is an interesting philosophy though i i do appreciate that they exist in board games and that their games are as popular as they are i I do think there's a place for that but i don't know that i would want every game designer to use that philosophy (laughs) is like kind of where i think i sit on it yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, um, it, yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know. People look too hard at stuff like that with those questions. Like, I 100% understand th- where the question's coming from. Right. But I can't. I also can't. And I'm a very empathetic person. I cannot put myself in the mindset of the person who asked that question. <laughs> well, again, that's just the game design <laughs> philosophy, right? That is the philosophy they use. So they're just like, hey, do you like this philosophy or not? Yeah. So, cool. All right. So those were all the questions from Board Game Subreddit. Obviously, those were actually the only questions from like the last day and a half. Um, so that aren't like, hey, what are tips for XYZ game or something <laughs> like that? So anyway, Josh, what is your second topic? My sub- all my next two topics are going to be uh, relatively short in comparison to what we have going on uh so we are no strangers to the game drop mix are we no we're not (laughs) drop mix is great i love drop mix right so it's Mm -hmm. it's a game um essentially by uh, harmonics who did rock band and other things (laughs) guitar hero uh DJ Hero. They, they started, <laughs> yeah, they started Guitar Hero before it went over to Jurassic Park Division. DJ Hero. They also have those two couple of rhythm games. Oh, what are they called? Where you're the thing on the track going back and forth. Where you're the thing on the track. Oh my gosh. I'll look them up while you continue to talk. So, anywho, so uh, Harmonix released, revealed either, either the beginning of this year or last year, who knows what time is anymore, um, that they were releasing a game called Fuser. Uh, which is essentially the video game version of Drop Mix. It definitely adds more options to the game, and you're essentially a, a DJ playing, promoting on a stage performance, um, a la Rock Band or Guitar Hero, uh, for people. And 
we haven't really heard a lot about this game for a few months. We knew it was releasing um, on, uh, well, on 11.10, actually, coincidentally. Then mm-hmm. uh, uh, but what has come out from this news is they have canceled all physical releases. However, they yeah. also announced crossplay. So, uh, <laughs> and interestingly enough, you can only get Fuser digitally. They have also refunded anyone who pre-ordered the game physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what does this say to you about Fuser before launch? Do you think this is... Um, have, well, have we seen this before? Because I can't think of a time we've seen this. And uh, is this like them... Is this Okay. Does this seem like it's a non-confidence vote from them? I don't know about that. Uh, the other games really quick were uh, Frequency, Amplitude, and um, yeah, Frequency and Amplitude. Okay. Those were the other games that they had done, which are actually really great games. I don't know if this is a no confidence. I just wonder, more and more, we see companies the size of Harmonix that when they are going to do a physical release for their game, they work through someone like I am 8-bit or limited run or someone like that. So I'm, what I'm wondering is if that would have been the more appropriate approach for their physical game while still maintaining the digital launch, because I, I I don't know that this game is big enough to be launched as a physical product. Right. You know, I don't know how many people are going to the store on November 10th with everything else that might be going on that day (laughs) to try to buy Fuser. Yeah. Now I hope a lot of people are, because I really like harmonics I kind of am in awe that they still exist as a company just with all the things they do. They they seem to have been having more losses than wins recently. Um, like you said, we both really like Drop Mix, but I don't know that Drop Mix set the world on fire. No, for sure. You know, and kind of like we talked about Fuser being the video game form uh, of Drop Mix, essentially. Uh, I, hmm. I'm a little, I'm, I am a little worried, but I don't know that this is a huge concern. What about you? Uh, yeah, it's it's a huge concern to me. <laughs> okay. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't speak confidence to me. Like, why wouldn't you put physical versions out? You must have already. It comes out in a few months. Like, how you haven't you hadn't even approached like production yet on the disc? So it makes me think it's it, it could be delayed. Like, usually right. these games are gold. Like, this isn't The Last of Us. Like. This should already be unprinted already. So I'm wondering what the reason for that is. And and yeah, like someone walking in a Walmart has a better chance of seeing your game. And why aren't you at least just doing a limited release? Something like you said, like limited run games. Obviously, that's not going to show up in stores. But yeah. why are we not seeing? Why are we not seeing this in stores? It just confuses me to i don't know i just don't get it like so even 20 bucks you worked at (laughs) you worked at best buy so you might know the answer to this when it comes to like video games um i guess cds back in the day but more i guess now just sticking with the current when it comes to video games and determining how many physical copies of games you're going to get (laughs) is that something determined by the general manager the whoever leads the department corporate like who decides that for like a store like best buy yeah it's corporate decides um for best buys uh other stores could be different when i worked for blockbuster obviously not necessarily comparable but um Mm -hmm. i was i was just a 
part-time employee who was doing well enough that they put me in charge of game ordering. So the people like that, at some level in franchises, they have like the ability to order individually. Right. Um, but as far as Best Buy or Target or Walmart goes, um, corporate does that, and it's it's does it's I- all algorithms and and yeah. numbers based. So uh, it doesn't even necessarily represent what it should. Because I mean, if you walk into a Target, I'm assuming they're all like mine. There's usually a whole end cap just full of unorganized games that don't move for them. Yeah, that are five dollars, um, <laughs> and and they, they just like it, all they would have to do is merchandise it better, and they would sell all of those games, right? Because they don't care; they just clearance them out. Yeah. Do you think that might be why? And the reason I asked that question was I worked at a sporting goods store that was re- had a reasonable number of other stores. You know, it was a small chain. Uh, and the in the departments I ran, I was in charge of ordering for all of those departments. So I ordered, I picked everything that we carried um, and was actually literally the person who called and ordered the things. <laughs> so like I even turned it into someone else, like I'm the one who did it. But is it possible that they just didn't get enough orders and they decided it's just not worth it? Maybe I mean, for me, as having been having done that job, there's some companies you'll just order based on the name, and Harmonix is is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is it still though when they had you know the most recent rock band that just sat on the shelves forever? Like, was that something they were still? <laughs> but even even with Rock Band Live, like the case being is people still ask about Rock Band to this day, and like you know, guitar hero rock band, like people still ask for those. So sometimes like a risky investment, like it just bought, like there had to have been people who would have ordered this. Now, maybe it's fewer than before, but also that's because there's fewer video game retailers than before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I think, I don't know. It, it's just really confusing to me. And they, and they're like so close. They're one state away from me. They're in Kevin's home state. I could mm-hmm. probably literally just drive to them and ask them <laughs> what the deal is. You could. I know they just. I know they recruit people to play test. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the list. So um, yeah, I just. It really confuses me. In my head, there isn't a doubt that if they wanted to, they could get physical copies into stores, which makes right. me think that they're not confident on the release of this game. However, we've mm-hmm. talked about in the past about why games that have been like canceled and why, why don't they just, why didn't they just release it? They put so many of their resources right. into it. This could be one of those cases. And and if that is the case, I'm, I'm glad this game is getting released. I don't plan on buying it. And that's like, at least off the, out of the gate. Well, maybe if you would have pre-ordered a physical copy of it, there would have been enough <laughs> physical pre-orders that they would have still printed them. My Josh. vote does matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, it does look interesting. But for me, like a person who has drop mix, like for me, mm-hmm. I thought for sure this is all those people who asked us about buying drop mix. Mm-hmm. Like this is the game you buy. Like you didn't yeah. buy it. This is your game. So, right. you know, Absolutely. I don't really know what's going to happen. I, I wish them all the best, but. Uh, I just really think this is bad news for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, overall, I think it's not good news, <laughs> uh, but hopefully, it's not super dire news. Yeah. So, like I said, I've always, I, I always am hopeful that they're going to stick around. I just, I always worry for them. So, all right, Josh, my second topic: uh, Michelle Ansel 
is uh, leaving video games to work <laughs> in a wildlife sanctuary. But uh, supposedly, Beyond Good and Evil 2, and actually even Wild, uh, are still games. So, uh, Michelle Ansel posted this on his Instagram. It says, quote, Wow, this little guy has many things to teach to Sam Fisher. Today is a very special for me. After more than 30 years, I've decided to stop working on video games and fully focus on my second passion, wildlife. My new project takes place in the real world and consists in a wildlife open sanctuary dedicated to education, nature lovers, and wild animals. Many of you might want to know what will happen to Wild and BGE2. I can't believe he actually talks about Wild. <laughs> uh, no worries. Since many months now, the teams are autonomous and the projects are going super well. Beautiful things to be seen soon. May the fox be with you. Number one, the fact that he still says Wild is in development. Yeah is in and of itself wild <laughs> i can't believe that game i thought it i keep i kept hoping that that thing might still really exist and apparently it still does um but they did reach out to uh this is coming from games radar who then did reach out to ubisoft who claims uh that the company is quote committed to remaining true to ansel's vision it also reiterates the fact that ansel has quote hasn't been directly involved in BG and E2 for some time now, as the team has been hard at work building on top of the solid creative foundation he helped shape. Uh, there's no exact word on the ongoing schedule, but senior producer Guillaume Brunier says that, quote, we have a lot more to do and that, quote, we are aiming to share more and show you the game in action sometime next year. So Beyond Good and Evil 2 will supposedly see in action next year, which means it's not coming out till at least a year after that, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I hesitate to say anything about <laughs> BGE2. Okay, so we'll just go with this then. Josh, are either one of these games actually ever going to come out? I pulled up the trailer for uh, Wild, and it was from 2016. <laughs> so, I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I guess w something we say about Ubisoft is they de they're dedicated to their games. They are. So yeah, maybe it's still maybe it's still around. I mean, if they're gonna still put out Skull and Bones, why not Wild? Like they have a chance. Um, Beyond Good and Evil too. Wild is actually a separate thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Wild is a separate. Yeah, studio. Wild, separate from BGE. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not even a Ubisoft project. Oh, I thought it was Ubisoft. Nope. Wild Ooh. is a is Ansel's own standalone studio that oh. he was working on, um, and he actually came back to Ubisoft. Uh, to work on Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, too. my bad. I thought that was Ubisoft property. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it looked good in 2016. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, I can't speak to Wild then, I guess, because if he left his own studio, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I guess, and I guess maybe I should say it was his studio. I know he was allowed to work with this studio or create this studio while still working at Ubisoft. Yeah. So they basically let him split his time, I guess. I mean, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to come out. There's okay. no question about it. The question, I guess the question is, will it be the game that they initially told us it would be? Right. Like, at this point, they're already changing Skull and Bones to be a different game. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, like, it's not crazy for them to shift gears and Beyond Good and Evil 2, because Beyond Good and Evil 2 was a, com was a, a completely different game from Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. So maybe they're going to go back to the roots. I don't know. Maybe they put too much time into it. They have to keep going on the path that they were going. Right. Uh, I think the only the only good news about Beyond Good and Evil Two is that there has been no news from Ubisoft. They're not like they're not keeping it in the spotlight and to, just to just to continuously delay it. They're just not right. showing you anymore. Yeah, which that's true. Makes I think it makes some people think. 
there's a problem, but for me, I think it's just them being like cognizant of where the game development is and not mm. showing too much. So just like Wild. So it's, Wild's totally coming Sure, maybe too. it's just like Wild. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wild could be a different thing, but yeah, um, I think it's probably more along the lines of, I mean, pretty much uh, no game has ever done this where they just don't, they show a little bit of the game and then they don't show it again until it's ready. I don't think any game has done that before. <laughs> well, Skull and Bones is trying to do it. Bianca yeah, but we saw, we saw gameplay it. from Skull and Bones. We like, did, that's true. We saw like a significant amount of gameplay for that. Beyond Good yeah. Evil Two, we've only seen a cinematic. And then if you were if you're part of the um Space Monkey program, right. uh, you've seen some like animatics and early design stuff, but they haven't shown much. Cause didn't they show also wasn't there the thing with the flying ship or whatever? Yeah, they showed a flying and ship the, over like yeah. the statue. Um but no gameplay. On it. Yeah. Right. So uh, but just in case you aren't familiar with Michel Ancel, he was the lead designer uh, and creator of the first Rayman. Uh, he also did Beyond Good and Evil back in 2003. But according to Games Radar, his most endearing creation are the Rabbids, yeah. who he designed for the dedicated <laughs> 2006 game. He's so still making Michelle money Ancel. on that. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Michel Ancel, for Rabbids. Uh, people around the world like those. So hopefully we'll still see both those games. I was really surprised that he even mentioned wild. I thought it would only be beyond good and evil two. He talked about. So yeah, maybe we'll still see that game. All right, Josh, what is your third topic? So we recently saw a trailer for the new Dune film. Um, mm-hmm. And now we have some more information about the new Dune board game that uses art inspired from the film. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Dire Wolf is actually um, I don't know that they're yeah they're actually manufacturing the game, which typically Direwolf has most notably been known for its digital games. So this will be interesting to see. Like I'm not saying that they don't make physical board games, but the only news you've heard right. from Direwolf in the past two years is Direwolf Digital. Well, and Clank. Yeah, Clank. How old is that? <laughs> but the Clank acquisitions incorporated. Okay. Clank Legacy. All right, that's so. fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, we have Dune Imperium. I'm taking this from direwolfdigital.com. Uh, raise your banner above the vast wasteland before you as the great houses of the lands read, uh, lands rad, marshal their forces and their spies. Whom will in you, bleh, oh boy, whom will you influence and whom will you betray? A tyrannical emperor. This, uh, I almost said secretive. That's a different. Secretive? That's a, that different, is a thing. different thing. The secretive Ben guess. Oh man, I should know better to read Dune character names. It's like reading board game designer names. Ben uh, <laughs> Ben uh the Shrewd Space Scale, the ferocious Fremen of the Deep Desert. The power of Imperium can be yours, but war is not the only way to claim it. Uh, you can see by this, uh, all the art is inspired i would say it's similar to clank art is inspired by the likenesses of the actors in the film mm-hmm. um yeah, dune imperium blends deck building and worker placement in a deeply thematic new strategy game where the fate of the empire hangs on your decisions will you seek political allies or rely upon military might economic strength or subtle intrigues a council seat or a sharpened blade the cards are dealt. The choice is yours. The Imperium awaits. That is from Tire Wolf Digital. 
first, Kyle, are you familiar with Dune and how familiar with you with it are you? <laughs> so I watched the original Dune film once or twice with my dad. Yeah. And I remember it was real weird. It is a weird film, yes. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched the trailer for the new one, but I want to, uh, just because I do appreciate um, the director and uh, much of the cast. I, I think there's a lot of really good things going on there. Uh, I am tentatively looking forward to this game, I guess. Direwolf overall, like I, I uh, uh, Game of Thrones Oathbreaker was them too. Yes. So another like, actual another physical game. game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think I'm interested in this. I, yeah? Question mark. You, how, where are you sitting on this one? <laughs> okay, so I'm a big Dune fan. Uh huh. Um, I have seen the original movie m- multiple times. Um, have you read the book? Uh you know, it's been a long time. I have read the book, but uh, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Gotcha. It's been so long. I mean, maybe something would jog my memory. Um. I watched uh, Sci-Fi Channel did a very good uh, miniseries on Dune, mm-hmm. and then they did uh, Dune, uh, Children of Dune with James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. both are very good miniseries. Um, kind of like it's the equivalent to how well they did with Battlestar. Like they really made Dune for that generation when it came out. Um, and I played the the video games. So there was Dune 2000 on the PC, which is an RTS, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I keep, there is currently a board game from um, Gale Force 9, which looks very interesting. And my wife always points out to me uh, the game and I'm like, yeah, but you won't play it. And she goes, yeah, I won't. And I'm like, well, <laughs> don't point it out to me. Um, uh, people like most notably know it for the sandworms. Um, and people confuse it for Tremors. It is not Tremors. Uh, the, only, <laughs> the only thing I ever remember about Dune, and I don't, I think this is right, and maybe I'm wrong, because they're the play, they're the ones that have the shields that stop fast stuff, yes. but not slow stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's like the scene with like the blade, like the saw blade or whatever, going like really slowly into the shield, and the person's like, uh, yes, and the thing, yeah, that's just all I ever think of when I think of Dune, and that is represented in the new movie in the trailer. Oh, is it really? And, and it's heavily featured in the trailer. Oh man, I'm gonna have to check this yeah. trailer out then. They have overshields, and yeah, they you they protect against fast attacks, so you need to be cunning and stealthy to kill anyone wearing the shield. Um, it is interesting the way they use it in the new trailer. Uh, so that being said, we got our little Dune knowledge out. Uh, so we've talked about this in different aspects before, but with the new Titanic game, uh, that's also, that has also released and you can get a target. Um, mm-hmm. what film do you think is long overdue for a board game adaptation? Oh goodness. Any film. I mean, we've talked in the past on our Halloween episodes, we've talked about, uh, like a predator, um, like yeah. stealth game. Right. We've definitely used movies in reference to board games before. Yeah. Um, but if you could think, so with with the knowledge that they actually put a Titanic board game out and it's actually by like pretty well-known developers and de- uh, designers. Mm-hmm. So that really, and I just bought Top Gun for $7, the board game. Yeah, you did. So, yeah, you did. Uh, I think it 
pretty much if Titanic can be a board game, any movie you can imagine can be a board game. I, this might be a little bit of a not great pick or a little bit of a safe pick. But I think about, you know, Ubisoft is working on a video game for this. And these, you know, was a very popular movie. Also a James Cameron movie that is going to have three sequels coming out at eventually, supposedly. But I think yeah. an Avatar board game, but doing it as like a miniatures war game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Might be kind of like, I think that might be actually be kind of cool if you think about how different those two sides are. Uh, that, I think, would be an interesting thing to see. And since, like I said, we have new movies coming out, Ubisoft is working on the video game adaptation. I think a board game adaptation, which was a miniatures war game, would be kind of cool. I agree. Actually, that probably could work really well with the jungle themes and mm-hmm. flying. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. What about you? What do you, what do you got? So, um, I don't want to say the Star Wars license is underused in board games. <laughs> Fantasy Flight has something to say. Uh, But I don't know that it is used in the way that it's accessible to everybody. It's definitely uh, focused on like miniatures players or Mm -hmm. or, deep strategy players. Uh, So something that I thought of was Prospero Hall's Jaws, where it has two sides to the board. Even Top Gun, Mm -hmm. where it has two sides to the board. Where you play part of the game on one side and you flip... I really think Rogue One could benefit from the whole stealing of the Death Star plans on one side oh, of the yeah. board and then getting the Death Star plans to the Resistance on the other side of the board and really just mm-hmm. changing it from even like one side of the board could be hidden movement, right? The getting, right. stealing the plans. And then the second side of the board could be some type of dungeon crawl or some type of action-y like escape from... Mm-hmm. where you finish the first side of the board, um, where people can play as both sides, so you're not all necessarily together. Right. Uh, so instead of someone being Jaws, someone is the Empire. Um, I think that that's something that, for whatever reason, it just popped into my head when I was mm-hmm. thinking about it. I mean, there's so many other movies that it could have been anything, right? But uh, yeah, I really think Rogue One is rich in story, and it's pretty underrated for the spin-off Star Wars movies. Yeah. Get right in Gary Witta. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready right in that board it. game. <laughs> <laughs> um, a TV show I think actually might be kind of cool, though, uh, is Troll Hunters Tales of Arcadia, which I've obviously <laughs> talked about my love for Troll Hunters. Yeah. But I think if you took that and made a a game in the same vein of uh, the Harry Potter deck building game. Oh, yeah. Like I, that would, I think, work very, very well and I think would be super thematic and would make sense as you kind of progress through the television series about what the missions would be. It's not quite as clean as the books are, but I think definitely something where you could kind of have a progression uh, to ending with like a final deck builder style at the end. But yeah, that cooperative deck builder, yeah. I think would be really cool in that world. So That would be cool. So, all right. So, <laughs> Josh, I guess we should talk about it, eh? We'll come full circle. We have come full circle. So, last week, as was highly anticipated, PlayStation finally did their PS5 showcase, kind of talking about giving some information on price and release date, finally, plus showing a whole bunch of other trailers and all that good stuff. And to start with, (laughs) hey, Josh, did you watch the showcase? Yeah, it's actually funny because I read your note, and originally I I copied, I was linking an article to what we saw at the presentation because I didn't 
the presentation was so overshadowed that I right. even I assumed that your article your thing was just about the the last part. So I was like, well, let me make sure we focus on the show because <laughs> that <laughs> happened and people aren't talking it about it. It did. Happen. Um, I did watch the show. Yes, I watched it live. What did you What did you think? Uh, all of the other stuff aside, yeah. What did you just think of the presentation and the things they announced during their showcase? I thought it was okay. Like, and I know I'm. I guess I'm like inherently a little bit more critical on Sony, mm-hmm. uh, based on our previous conversations about my thoughts of <laughs> yeah. state of plays. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great, um, but they were definitely um, some things that that really impressed me. Um, mm-hmm. And then there were some things that I was like, why are they here? So that's kind of what yeah. put it at good for me instead of great. It could have been great if they kind of didn't have a couple of things in there that I was just confused by. <laughs> what are those couple of things you think they should have gotten rid of? Okay. Well, f- let me scroll down this list to tell you. First of all, we already saw that Resident Evil Village stuff. We already saw that. Yeah. It, I think it wasn't. I think it was technically a different trailer, but I don't know that there was anything really new. Right. I don't think that they showed us anything different. So I was watching right. it confused. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they needed to include the Call of Duty uh, stuff. While I liked what I saw, I really did. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that I, I wanted guessing, to see. I didn't want to see that. Because, yeah, I'm guessing their partnership with Activision said otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yes, I'm sure it was beneficial to them, but I didn't want to see the story mission. The, That's what I play yeah. Call of Duty for. Right. Uh, I watched it. I thought it looked great, but I was like, well, yeah. now I know what's going to happen. Um, yep. But it was nice to see the alpha launch. Um, Which we played a little bit. We did play. Yes, we did. That was fun. Uh, I had a good time playing with you. Um, Oddworld, Soulstorm, uh, no. Five Nights at Freddy, <laughs> um, no. Death May Cry 5, um, no. Fortnite, um, no. And okay. PlayStation Plus Collection, be a little bit more specific about what this is. Okay. <laughs> Those now, are my Fortnite complaints. PS- <laughs> yeah. The Fortnite thing, is, you may not be a big Fortnite person, and I'm not a big Fortnite person. Do you think but, for a minute it wasn't coming to PS5? Well, but what I'm saying is it is A, like the biggest game in the world, sure, or one of the biggest games in the world, and B, I mean, they do own a very small part of Epic now. So I feel like we're probably going to see Fortnite far more than I would care to see Fortnite ever again. Sure. So it's fine, yeah. but if you're asking me, my low lights, that's in there. <laughs> no, I agree. I I don't disagree with that at all. I I'm just not surprised. But I I anticipated it would be in there. Yeah. Just because of that relationship. So seeing it did not surprise <laughs> me, and I agree. The PlayStation Plus collection, while I think it is cool, uh. And I think that was really the the tough part about their entire presentation is nothing was messaged very well. Like seeing yeah. the games was pretty cool, right? Like, oh, some of the when you see, you know, the Final Fantasy 16 announcement or even though it was just a tease and I wouldn't expect anything more, but God of War 2 Ragnarok's yeah. announcement, yeah. you know, seeing the gameplay for Miles Morales looked awesome. Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, I'm super excited about that. All the other things aside about what's going on in that world right now. Yeah. Uh, this is like, what? how often have I said, Josh, that I want a like full-fledged Harry Potter open world like you make yourself? Yeah, like, we've been talking about like the rumors of this game for two years. I know, and it's like the game that I want, right? Um, so f- just from that standpoint, like I thought they showed a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, I've never been an odd world person, but I, <laughs> I totally get why it was there that Lauren Landing has been a big part of like PlayStation from the beginning as far as you it know. It just didn't look and, good. 
I I don't think it looks great either. Um, <laughs> like graphically. Five Nights at Freddy's, I think, is the weirdest one, though. Yeah. I didn't know that was still a thing. Apparently it is, but uh, I agree with you. I, I knew what it was immediately, and I, I was too, like, yeah. why? Is this yeah. <laughs> uh, the Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, I wonder if that was a little bit of like, well, hey, you're uh, putting this Resident Evil thing in there, and you want to throw this other thing in there for us to, you know? Let's say no. <laughs> Don't do it. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Say no. I, did, I, I think the stuff for Devil May Cry 5 looked really cool. I like that they're doing all the stuff that they're doing for it, yeah. but I don't know that it fit in this showcase. It didn't make sense to be here. Yeah, it yeah. could have been in any of the previous data plays or a future one. Right, or a blog post, an announcement. Oh, yeah, blog posts would have been perfect for that. <laughs> yeah, so or a YouTube. Channel. But like I said, yeah, in general, I did enjoy most of the games and the things that they showed. Uh, that stuff I did like, uh, but I think their messaging overall was pretty bad. Um, you know, I am someone obviously who is a a fan of Sony. Um, I. I don't know which order we want to tackle these things in. Um, I guess we'll start with pre-orders. Well, let me say we'll from there. everything you said about the game, the good games, I 100% agree with. Yeah. Um, I I didn't think I wanted Final Fantasy 16 until they showed me Final Fantasy Game of Thrones. And I was like, yes, I want this game. I know. And it I want sweet, to play right? it. And it looks like they're they're using the Final Fantasy 7 remake combat right. engine, which was in, I think, 15, right? Which I didn't play. Mm-hmm. The God of War tease was really cool. Miles Morales looked great. Uh, yep. Harry Potter, we've both been excited for this. Like there was a lot of things I was excited for. Deathloop looked cool. As it, yeah. it actually gave me more context as to what the game is. I agree. I thought Deathloop. I was like, oh, now I like get it, get it. Yeah. Uh, I thought Demon's like I don't Demon know if Souls, I mean, Demon's yeah, Souls, not for me, but, I thought but it, it looks great. good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. I agree with you. Um, so yeah, let's yeah. So now let's talk about what did you want to talk about first? <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. Well, okay, we'll talk about messaging first, and then we'll talk about okay. pre-order stuff. So, so PlayStation has really, for a long time, been talking about how they believe in generations. <laughs> and yeah. not long after this presentation, uh, in fact, minutes after this presentation, it was announced that some of um, these games are also coming to PS4. Mm-hmm. Now... The big ones being like Spider-Man and Miles Morales is coming to PS4, which honestly didn't totally surprise me. That's not the most shocking one out of the two. Oh, it just, well, actually, it's three games uh, because then Sackboy's Big Adventure. Oh, really? Okay. Which, that's <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. And that, and then obviously um, the next Horizon Zero Dawn game is coming to PlayStation 4 as well. Yeah. And that's actually the one I'm not surprised by. Oh, really? That for me was the biggest yeah. surprise. Because I do know, and again, this is just kind of one of those things that I read a lot of stuff when it comes to PlayStation. Um, their goal was to get that game out like this year. Like it was being developed as a PlayStation 4 game for a very, very long time. Okay. Um, so that does not honestly when they said that was coming to ps4 i wasn't super surprised i think it might even mean we're getting that game earlier than we think especially with the god of war announcement it wouldn't surprise me if this is a spring game saying god of war is 2021 was huge that game's getting pushed i think that game's getting but still even to put that date on that like if they can hit that that's incredible yeah, and I mean, Corey did say back in the day that the development for the second one would go much faster because it took them a long time to kind of get over the hump. Yeah. Um, but that now they felt very confident they could turn around another game much quicker. So maybe it will hit 2021. It wouldn't surprise me if that pushed. Uh, but with that being 2021, 
if that sticks, I have to imagine Horizon, like, we're going to have Ratchet and Clank in, like, January, February. Yeah. Horizon, like, April. And then God of War. Like, because we still have uh, Gran Turismo. And we have God of War. You know, so, like. Gran Turismo. I, you're funny. That's well, the game that is perpetually delayed. <laughs> right. But people still really like Gran Turismo. I don't know it's, why. Like, sells a lot of copies. When's the last Gran know. Turismo they played? PS3? I, well. <laughs> actually people really like gt sport i know i'm being i'm so, being I know, cheeky <laughs> i know i know but so so i do think it was so like i said i don't know that i was really surprised by those things but i do think that the messaging could have been much clearer back in like june um and i think that's the biggest disappointment for me is that they weren't clear about that at the start yeah so i i think that's something that they need to work on and I don't think there's been some talk out there and stuff about, oh, this is Sony, you know, returning to the PS3 days. It really doesn't feel like that to me. It really feels like they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it doesn't. It doesn't feel to me like they're pur- purposely trying to be, um, like egotistical. Yeah. Or that they just. I really think that they don't know what they're doing. And and I don't know that Jim Ryan is the person, even if it's in his position, that should be the one out talking to media, should be the one who is on these video casts. Like, he's not a good voice for the company. He never has been. He puts his foot in his mouth way too often. Yeah. And it's really disappointing that he's the one that we see right now when there's so many other people at that company that I'd much rather have talk on behalf of PlayStation. Right. Now, granted, it's not up to me. I don't run PlayStation. You know, I apparently play so little PlayStation. I didn't even get an invite to pre-order one from Sony. <laughs> but <clears throat> which well, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be play honest, a bunch like, of PlayStation. Then. <laughs> it kind of hurt me a little bit. I kind of felt judged. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was in like the top like six percent of players like last year or whatever it was based on my hours. But whatever. That's fine. If it makes you feel better, you had to actually sign up for it. I did. Okay. And then, then maybe it doesn't make you feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, I did sign up. But anyway, so I think the messaging overall has not been as good as it should be. Uh, and I think part of it is because, like I said, Jim Ryan, you know, he, a lot of marketing. He, he has a lot of marketing background. And obviously, PlayStation is king in Europe. And a lot of that is because of him. So I think that's why he is in the position he is now in. Yeah. But I don't know that that translates to every territory very effectively. And certainly not in the United States. Um, but yeah, so anyway, messaging. Any thoughts on that, Josh? Yeah, I mean, people have to remember that these are done by divisions, not as a company in the whole. So you kind of have to trust the divisions that mm-hmm. you have who are messaging, right? And, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll never know if and or how these people are disciplined for maybe messing up a message they want sent out. But you like it's tough to blame Sony or it's tough to blame PlayStation as a brand on o- overall for messing up this message. However, the the problem is you have to right, right? Because they represent PlayStation. Yeah. Um, yep, but absolutely. what it comes down to is they need to re-examine the people who made these decisions. Yeah. And I agree with you. It, it does come across where Sony they it seems like they're not communicating. We just like Mm -hmm. the the whole, the thing that's circulating the internet and the thing that most people remember is the day that the PlayStation five thing, the controller was on the game awards, YouTube channel. When Jeff Keighley was 
got it in his hands. He's like, hey, this mm-hmm. is the dual sense. There were rumors all day that the PS5 was going to go for pre-order that day. Right. Yeah. And then he, Jeff, even it, it, like addressed it. And then to the Sony guy he was talking to, he said, there'll be plenty of notice yep. for when PlayStation pre-orders go live. Yeah. And that's really what's going to kill them. That messaging, whether that guy was right in saying what he did and someone messed it up or he was talking out of his butt and then they were held to that standard because no one would let that go. It's like any president ever saying something at a press conference ever. Right. If you say something that people pay attention to, you will always be held accountable to what yeah. you said. And that guy was like, we're not going to surprise you with pre-orders. Right. And they did more than surprise us with pre-orders. They well, took it to the next level. I mean, I don't know if that's fully their fault. No, I don't think it is their fault. Well, no, I agree. It It is 50% their fault. It, it is definitely partially yes. their fault. I, I do genuinely believe, here, and here's me always giving like the... <laughs> benefit of the doubt like i try to, to for the people. retail for retail there's messaging about when you can there's legal messaging about when you can release a pre-order which means sony always knew when it was okay for pre-order period yeah okay sure like i've also bought games like before i was supposed sure, to be able and those, to and those companies will get fined in fact at best buy you wouldn't get a title for five weeks uh, at the next new title from a company if you sold their game early. Right. I'm just saying it's happened. Like, I know I can pretty reliably go to my local Walmart yeah. and get, like, Friday releases on Tuesdays and nobody cares. That's not good. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, yes. like, I know I, I can do yeah. it because I've but done it But at least legal, legally, there's right. ver- there's uh, uh, there's words, verbiage, I want to say, about what uh, a Best Buy is able to put out from Sony. What I'm wondering, though, and I and I think this is kind of where this all goes together, is that I I am wondering because it feels this way, and maybe it's not. Maybe they just really don't know what they're doing. But I feel like they had planned to give that notice, and then we're like, "Hey, we see an opportunity to go first, yeah. so we're changing all of that." Sure. So suddenly it isn't, "Oh, you know, we're going to announce on X date, and a pre-order is going to be available on Y date." It's now we're announcing on c date and pre-orders are on d and the companies are like well we're just gonna do whatever then because like clearly you're not already holding your end of the thing you know so what are you going to do to us you know so i i do feel like maybe there was a okay we know the dates that xbox is going we're gonna release our trailer on this day and then we're going to have say pre-orders go live the next day. But that wasn't what the plan was. So back in June or July, <laughs> yeah. like that really was the plan. They're like, no, we're going to give you plenty of notice. But then they're like, no, going first is more important. You know, they they had to know that was going to come back and bite them. I can't imagine that. Yeah, they have plenty of time to tell people, hey, we changed right. our messaging. Right. So, yeah. So there's just a lot of corporate things. Now, I will say. The fact that they actually said something on Twitter about it today, today, <laughs> still <laughs> for PlayStation is kind of a thing that you never really see. Yeah, that's that is true. Yes. So the fact that they're like, yo, that didn't really go well. Our bad. We will be releasing more PlayStation 5s for pre-order. Hopefully there will be more notice in the future. 
that's not something you typically see Sony do. Yeah. So that's where that's where I like I said, I don't want to cut them a ton of slack because I I they definitely have made mistakes with this. But I I genuinely in listening to how they're messaging and everything else, I just feel like they almost don't know what they're doing, that there isn't this big grand plan, that there isn't this rollout of intended, like, we're going to do part A, and then we're going to do part B, and then we're going to do part C, that it just is going to be a whatever we can, whenever we can, however we can, uh, and they're just going to go with it. Part of me wants to cut them, again, more slack because COVID, everything is weird, but I don't think that makes up for the fact that they clearly have made some mistakes and and I think they have damaged their credibility with customers and I, I think they deserve that damage based on what they've done. Um, and they're gonna have to do some work to, to regain that. Now, you know, we're gonna talk about pre-orders here in a second, but it, it is a bit disappointing that they just weren't clearer about all of these things um, from the very start because I think that would have gone a long way to helping. Josh, do you wanna hear though the main reason I am less upset, and I was never really upset, but why I, the this whole Miles Morales on PS4 thing isn't a big deal to me? Yeah, of course. I mean, should I say no? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. If you don't, that's fine. I mean, we're already at an yeah, hour and a half. Of course, podcast. I want to hear. <laughs> so I have a friend who just recently started playing Spider-Man yeah. on PS4, and he is absolutely loving it. He's like, "This game is so fun. It's so great. I love this world. I love the characters. Like, this is so awesome." Blah 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 blah. And then he goes, I heard that they're releasing a new one for PS5. And I was like, yeah, you know, the, you know, there's Miles Morales is coming out. He's like, man, maybe one day when I'm over at your house, you'll let me play it. And I was like, dude, that game's coming to PS4 as well. And he was like, oh, that is so awesome. I'm really excited that I'll actually be able to play it. And, you know, as someone who has regularly said that hey i think i i like console generations because i like when they are able to take full advantage of the console and really push games forward using all the things and not having to worry about being held back yeah. you know I, I just lost sight that's not there's a lot of people who aren't gonna have a ps5 anytime soon you know yeah. and like my friend like he's just really stoked that he gets to play miles morales this holiday he's really excited about it so i'm glad he gets the opportunity to do that so Anything else you want to say about their poor messaging for the last few months? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What do I want to say? I was pretty disappointed with the way that the whole thing went down. But that being said, I'm more upset for people who were like anticipating pre-ordering and got yeah. taken advantage of by... Um. A whole number of things. Scalpers. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the online thing. Uh, people getting messages from Amazon saying your pre-order is not going to arrive in time. Right. Um, what I really yeah. wish they did, and I don't even, I'm pretty sure they didn't say, they just said pre-orders would be available the next day. They didn't even say by who. Right. So, they just did to check your retailer. Right. So I guess like it's kind of like an out a little bit to to an extent where they still follow through with their email thing, right? Their consoles mm -hmm. went live on Friday. Yep. And they didn't sell out, which is weird. Uh they didn't sell out all day, in fact, to the point where I was able to order another one later in the day, which I don't know that that's going to go through, but it did say one per household. 
Right. Um, but I went back on using the same link they sent me at 5 p.m. And there was no ma- – there was a 30-second wait. And when I logged in, at, originally it was an hour wait to order for my, mm. for my, my friend. Um, so I'm confused as to why they had so many available – Maybe well, maybe I'm not that... confused. I think it just is. It's unfortunate that it was because they're all free shipping and promised um, release date. Right. I don't know that they had. From my understanding of how the email is working directly through them, is like you get an email and it only is going to work for like X amount of time, and then they're going to send out additional emails. So if you like, you don't order it within a certain amount of time yeah. then they're going to be sending out additional emails for uh, to give other people the chance to order it so it's not a um so that's why in theory there could still be quote unquote more left because like if i had gotten an email well i wouldn't have needed one because i had already pre-ordered right. one so the one they sent me the email for would still just be sitting there that's true that could that could be why they had more available right um i don't know i yeah i mean i guess it really just comes down to I wish they had better messaging, right? That's really uh, yeah, that's no, really what I, it all yeah. comes down to, I think. Yeah, they definitely dropped the ball. There's there's no d- no doubts about that. But <laughs> but you so you have successfully ordered two, right? Well, one for <laughs> sure, maybe two. I definitely uh, got one for my my best friend who wasn't who wasn't able who was unable to get one. Mm-hmm. I had told him I said basically like right now I don't have the money to get one, so I will happily use my invite to get you one. And then right. after processing his order, I got the confirmation saying it wouldn't be charged until the the thing shipped. And I was like crying to the heavens. <laughs> and then I saw people posting on Twitter that the link was still active. So I right. tried my link again and it worked immediately. Right. So then I yeah. went ahead and I tried um, ordering the digital edition for myself and it seemed to go through and the address is different. So it seems to fit the one per household uh, but it does use my PS. It's locked to my PSN ID. So really, what right. I expect to happen is in November I'm going to get an email saying, "Sorry, nice try." Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering if that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Which too. I because, yeah, I know you couldn't because I know you can't share those links because they are tied to your PSN IDs. Yeah. So. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, um, as long as they keep so, my friend's order, which is what I'm wor- right. more worried about. <laughs> yeah. So the how I got my pre-order is actually I feel a little bad about it, but it was actually I think your story. Is funny. <laughs> so I the the presentation was at three o'clock on Wednesday, and I had to work. We were doing pre. I was actually giving a presentation from three to five, uh, so I couldn't watch the presentation live. Five o'clock rolls around. I I, I I'm like. Well, I'm going to work late. So I stayed at work and watched the presentation rather than driving home to see it. So I stayed at work, watched the presentation, just and I hadn't read anything. I hadn't looked online, hadn't done any other looking. So I watched the entire presentation. It's like 40 minutes. So now it's like 540 or so. And then I go to the PlayStation Blog's website, and I'm reading through all the pre-order stuff. And it, said, it talks about how pre-orders will be available the next day. So I was like, okay. So I put a little calendar... Uh, appointment on my calendar to like check in the morning again right when I got to work to see if like anything had opened up about when pre-orders would be available so walking I pack all my stuff up I'm walking out to my car as I'm walking out to my car uh, I see an e- uh, tweet from is I think it was Jeff Keeley or someone who's like hey I heard some pre- you know companies might go early you know just kind of be aware and then I also saw something where someone had like printed uh, their GameStop receipt saying, yep, I got my pre-order. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. 
but GameStop is on my way home from work. Yeah. So I was like, well, what the heck? So on my way home, I just stopped at GameStop and walked in, and there's there's kind of a lot of people in there. Uh, enough that she had the person working had to count because we ha- they have limits about how many people we can have in stores in our area. Oh, yeah. um, so she had to count to make sure like we weren't over the limit, and I was like the person who made it the <laughs> limit. Um, but there was a whole bunch of people just looking at stuff, and one person in line. So then I went and stood behind the person in line, keeping my social distance. Uh, yeah, good. good and <laughs> and with my mask on, and you know. They're talking a little bit, and then she says something, and then, you know, you're just kind of, I'm just kind of looking at my phone, really not doing anything, and then I hear her say something to him about, like, oh, well, your total is, like, X, whatever it was, which was a big number. It was a big number, but he had, like, nothing in front of him, (laughs) Yeah. and I was like, huh, okay, okay, so then I get up to that, so then she's like, can I help you? I was like, yeah, you know. uh, By chance, is can I order pre-order PS5? She's like, yeah, totally. What model do you want? And I'll go, oh, God. And I didn't expect her to say yes. Like I just went there to be like, see if this would work. Uh, So then I got my pre-order in. And while I was, was, you know, getting my pre-order done, she got six phone calls. All of people asking, hey, when are you, when can we order PS5? When can we? And she's like, right now, right now, right now. Um, But that was like every call she got. The person who was in line after me ordered one as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't know how many they got. I was going to ask her, like, you know, how many they were getting. But I did make the decision um, to just pay for it all because you only have to put, like, 25 down or 50 down or whatever at GameStop. Yeah. But I was like, well, I don't know how many they're getting. I don't know if they know how many they're getting. So maybe if I just pay for it all, they'll be way less willing to cancel. (laughs) Oh, boy. So I don't think that's going to be true. I think that, you know, typically with GameStop, I think they know what their numbers yeah. are. I think they know exactly how many they're getting. Uh, so I think I'm fine. Um, but And she said that, you know, they would let us know about release and whether it be, you know, a midnight release or whatever once we got closer. But, yeah, so got my PS5. I ordered an extra controller and the charger. So nice. then she asked me about games, and I said no, and she looked very sad at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I did get one with the disc um, because... And if I ever do get rid of my Xbox, I'm probably going to go to the S. Um, I don't know if I'll go, go to the One X. Um, so I was like, well, I still need to. You know, we still have a lot of movies. Um, so having something connected to my television that has a disc drive in it was, I thought, would be a good idea. So I do have surprisingly a large number of games still, um, but I don't know that I'd ever really play many of those physical games anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah. So anything else about PlayStation 5? Any of that good stuff that you want to talk about? Uh, I am excited to like play PlayStation games. I, I messaged you yeah. on Discord as, like trying to figure out what I was going to do. And and Donnie was considering buying my PS4 Pro for 200 bucks, And apparently he he couldn't wait. And he wheeled and dealed his way to a lower price. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about selling it. Um but yeah, so uh, eventually I'll sell my PS4 Pro. But I'm looking forward to. I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to potentially pre-order it and mm-hmm. get in on the ground floor. And and yeah, it's. I mean, it's quickly becoming my preferred console uh, as far as like exclusive games go. So I'm. I'm glad to yeah. be able to. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say play. Miles Morales on the exclusive PlayStation Five version, but <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I got at least 5... a year before I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, the PlayStation Five version does look pretty. Yeah, maybe not a year. Really I think I might even though. play Ratchet and Clank. 
um, because of how cool it looks. Like that's definitely a game where, while I don't love platformers, it seems like a game that could be potentially a like genre bending, breaking. Yeah, and I love Ratchet play, Clank. Like the next technology. Yeah, no, I I absolutely love Ratchet and Clank. That's actually right now probably the game I'm most excited about, even including Horizon. Well, actually, to be honest with you, I, I mean, my excitement for Horizon isn't going to go away, but um, I'm I, I'm actually in that camp of people who, when they found out Horizon and Spider Man were coming to PS4, it mm-hmm. it actually did lessen my excitement for those games. Um, so I, I think, that's totally I think Ratchet might actually be more exciting for me to play than horizon mm-hmm. 2 at this point in time uh, yeah, which so. in my head it's like my brain is exploding why would i ever say that <laughs> but I, I think like every generation of console you have that game that you would never play that you play for and like for xbox it was rise like that was yep. a game i would never have bought but right. that game was incredible and totally took advantage of xbox one yeah um, but i would never have bought that three years into the xbox one's life cycle so <laughs> right Ratchet and Clank yeah. is that game for me for ps5 at least and and i i guess i just it just got through my thick skull that i need to buy a new camera for my psvr mm. for ps5 do you i thought because the uh, i don't think i so. thought that the connection wasn't on the ps5 there's gonna be a free adapter oh perfect then i don't care yep, yep. <laughs> great news because i yeah, really want to no, play the playroom in VR if they offer it because like that VR playroom right. is awesome on the card yeah. VR. So yeah, um, nope. They're going to, they said there will be a free adapter. They haven't said how we're going to get them, <laughs> but they did say there'd be a free adapter. Cool. So cool. Yeah. Uh, and side note, uh, there was a Nintendo mini direct there was. that uh, actually had a lot of really cool games in it. I agree. So you should go check that out. If you haven't listen to the Nintendo uh, shack. Yeah, listen to the Nintendo Shack, listen to them chat about it. Um, but there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, and if you haven't, uh, you should totally play Hades because that game is the bomb diggity. All right, Josh, we do have actually a listener submitted question. I want to take us th- through it. Okay. Splague comes back finally. We've been desperate for questions. At uh, Delicious on Twitter he says, Y'all getting rude digital? I'm excited, even if only play versus AI. It's never fly with the wife and don't have many gamer friends here. So this is the only way I can play. Tips, LOL. Now, I want to make it clear because I read uh, a listener's question verbatim and I, I got in trouble because they're bad at English. I'm going to read your tweets how you spell them. So if you're going to tweet at us, just like I would expect you to expect of me. <laughs> work on that grammar everybody <laughs> uh yeah i mean i'm excited to get root digital like if you want to play i will 100 percent play root digital with you um because it seems super cool and i know that i don't have the people or the time to play it uh on the physical board so i haven't bought it yet um i think uh you have to tweet us back like i'm assuming this is Steam, or is this coming out on mobile? I think it's Steam slash. Is it Direwolf deal? I think it's. So I think it's kind of everything. Okay, play tweet it, tweet back at me, and let me know what what uh, platform you're playing it on, and then I will. Uh, uh, if it's mobile, I'll get it on my on my phone. If it's Steam, I'll get it on Steam. And we can play. Uh, as far as tips, I'm going to leave it to Kyle because I know Kyle has played it physically, but are you also getting it digitally, Kyle? 
I'm considering getting it digitally. I haven't made my full decision on that yet, but it is definitely a possibility. Uh, tips, I would say play with every different faction if you can. I don't know how they're going to do this with the digital version, but the physical version comes with recommended pairings. Uh, so you, because every faction plays so very differently. Uh, so I would definitely recommend just getting in, learning all the different factions, uh, and then just honestly kind of going from there, seeing what you enjoy, deciding how you want to challenge yourself about potentially, uh, pairing things up against things that maybe won't go super well. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, play all the factions, find the ones you like, um, and open your mind to how those factions are going to interact with one another. Cause it's going to be surprising sometimes. Uh, about what the kind of the best way to do things is so have fun though it's a great game and like i said i'm considering picking up digitally as well thanks all right with that we're gonna go towards wrapping the show up so we're gonna leave you with our recommendations for a well-rounded life obviously we're a gaming podcast but we want to give you one other recommendation suggestion or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life josh what is your recommendation for our listeners this week hey so i couldn't remember if i recommended this before and we've talked about it but neither one of us had recommended okay, it because i did because i talked about when i was talking about class action park yes i was like oh there's a series that i'm watching and then we talked about it but we haven't recommended it yet. okay because i was too lazy to go back through our old show no it's okay (laughs) uh but i still thought it was worthy of a second recommendation based on what happened in episode four uh so i'm watching the vow on hbo max it's still actively going weekly um uh, this is a documentary series about the nixium cult as we are now calling it yeah. It would just be have been called Nixium before. before. I think it's M V I X M. Uh Roman numerals. Uh, essentially I don't want to spoil anything. I really don't, because what this series like when I say that episode four like blew my mind, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you are you're given information in the first two first three episodes where you kind of get the background of what's going on. You kind of get, uh, you know, in, the, in each episode, you get a little bit more, a little taste. And you kind of feel like you're putting the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that necessarily changes, but I think it just gets turned to 11 on, ep- on, yeah. on, uh, on episode four. Have you been watching it? Yeah, I'm through episode four. Okay, so there's a uh, – this. I don't want to say this is a spoiler – this, but so if you know the Nixium thing, you know Allison Mack from Smallville mm-hmm. was arrested for being involved in this. Um, yes, I'm, I don't know if she's been charged or guilty or what, so I'm not trying to say anything like that. However, in episode four, they show a video where of her first meeting with Keith. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't the most crazy thing you've ever seen in your life of how a person right. acts, I it, I thought like I was I fell into that thing, right? I see I've seen this girl on TV on a show I know. There's no way she could be part of this thing. Right. The second I like you see this, and like this guy, he is so egotistical that he actually demanded everything be filmed and recorded. Right. Which is why this thing is so wild because everything right. is recorded. And not only yep. did he 
not only did he demand that everything gets filmed and recorded, but that just becomes a thing that everyone in this group does. Yep. So there's thousands of hours of just incriminating evidence. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because everyone thought that they had to record everything they did. But with mm-hmm. that that meeting with, I think it's his name is Keith, right? Yeah. It's a K at least. Keith, K-R. Yes. Her first time she ever meets him, and you don't even get to see it till episode four, but you see her whole bunch leading up to it, was the craziest thing I've ever seen a person do meeting a person they never met before. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, it blew my mind. And I'm not, while this is definitely entertainment at the expense of people's suffering, so to speak, um, it is probably the most eye-opening document of why people get sucked into what we know as a cult because yeah. it really does not start like that. No. And it really you like this guy is a legitimate, I don't want to say genius, but he's a very smart human being. Yeah, and very charismatic. And it's undeniable. Like you yeah, see absolutely. it. And and you see it in episode 4 when he first meets Allison back because yeah. you you might you might as well think he ran outside and put something in her drink before she even Entered the building. <laughs> it was insane. But anyways, you, you got to watch. If you're interested in true crime, you have to watch The Vow. This is like a can't-miss documentary, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been really good. I do wonder, because I think it's a full 10 episodes. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine it. I, I, I thought maybe four not, would be the I, last I, episode. <laughs> I I don't know that'd how That would be great. I would line. love it. But like I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to join. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, next year, my man? <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, The Vow on HBO Max. I agree. It's great. I've, I've been watching it as well. Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, a spinoff of one of my favorite um, shows on Netflix. Uh, that is Chef's Table Barbecue um, for one-hour episodes that really looks at... Um, I think it's kind of interesting that it's called Barbecue because two of the people, two of the... Um, chefs slash cooks slash pitmasters however you want to look at it that they talk to are definitely doing like barbecue yeah two of them are doing things that would not be traditionally called a barbecue but i guess you could still make they're cooking with fire like that's kind of really (laughs) the big thing and they're using smoke yeah um and kind of doing that thing so it it fits it works um but like barbecue at least from a connotation standpoint has a very specific connotation in america um and so a couple of them i'm like well i wouldn't really finish the american standard barbecue but Still super interesting. Uh, so really just, again, looking at these people, looking at their lives and talking kind of about how food has impacted it, how they got to the point that they are, um, and some really interesting looks. It's only four episodes, about an hour each. I will say this show is very uh, artsy. Uh, I think it's probably the best way to put it. Uh, the music that they use, the presentation that they use. Um, it, it's not for everyone, but I find it fascinating. So I really enjoy that. The Chef Table Barbecue on Netflix and... There's another season slash part, whatever you want to call it, of the Chef Show. Oh, really? That starts like this week. <gasps> That's so exciting! I didn't even know that. I know. I think it's like this Thursday. Yeah. So you made my you made my night. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming back very soon. I think it is still this week. So that is everything. That is our show. It's been a long one. Josh, let's wrap this show up. <laughs> you say it sound you make it sound so bad. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It just has been. It's been almost two hours. Well, we started late. 
Uh, but you have the timer always running, so you know. Uh, thanks for joining yeah. us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of the Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board of the Fiji. So if you're like me and watch The Social Dilemma like Kyle recommended, I feel horrible <laughs> recommending that. Also, if you want to communicate in a more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff, usually with hashtag board with VG. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on PlayStation network and xbox live at why so serious that's s-i-r-r-i-u-s same on steam and i'm on nintendo switch and i just nuked my animal crossing island why i gave away 23 million bells to that's your game of the year are you starting over well at one point it was my yes i'm gonna start a whole new island and see if it retains my love for the game because I was getting a tad bit bored with it. Gotcha. So I gave away well, all my belongings. Wow. Look at you just giving your stuff away. Isn't it crazy? Man of the people. <laughs> Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Stop gaming.